Many of us looked on in shock as Russian troops invaded Ukraine in February 2022, destroying homes and lives and forcing residents to flee for safety. Among them were African students who were not only faced with the risk of death, but the trauma of discrimination based on skin colour. My name is Abna Sewa, and in this Akadi Magazine podcast episode, I speak to the president and two members of the Ghana Students Association in Hungary, who pulled out all the stops to help students fleeing war. So welcome everyone and thank you for joining us at Akadi Magazine podcast. Please, would you mind introducing yourself? Thank you very much. So my name is Gabriel Asante and uh, I'm a Ghanaian and I'm a PhD student at Covenos uh, University of Budapest, Hungary. Um, I've been here for the past two and a half years uh, doing my PhD studies and currently I'm the student president of the Ghana Student Association in Hungary. Uh, I was elected last year, July, and I've been the president since till today. Thank you. So uh, my name is Nana Kwesi Asante Frampon, and I'm studying master's in biology in Eritrish Lodant University. So in short, it's ELTED. So uh, we just go by ELTED. And I've been here for the past six months since it's my first year. And also I'm part of the, the GASH Association. I'm a member. Thank you. Thank you very much. My name is Paul. Walanyo Adanu. I'm a Ghanaian. I've been in Hungary for about six years now, um, since 2016. I'm a PhD student. I'm studying molecular biology and genetics. Thank you once again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really, really interesting subjects that you're all studying. And I wish you all the best. I, I just want to understand a little bit more about the Ghana Students Association in Hungary. How long has it been in existence, Gabriel? So the Ghana Student Association is a student union body for all Ghanaian students in Hungary. And so um, although in Hungary we have Ghanaian students who are on scholarship, some are self-financed students. And so this student body brings everyone together. And the main objective is to ensure the welfare of Ghanaian students in Hungary. And so since the beginning of 2016, when Paul was here at that, at that time, Ghanaian students started increasing in Hungary. And so that there were many attempts to form the Ghanaian student body, but because of challenges and many things, it was in 2020, which the first elections was able to hold and the association was inaugurated officially by the then ambassador of Czech Republic, Her Excellency Hessini. So from there, um, the first president was elected, and then the second president, which was me, was elected in 2021. And so officially, the association has been in existence for the past two years. But previously, there were uh, unofficial ways where students were coming together to, to help each other through welfare, welfare issues. So that, that's the brief history about the Ghana Student Association in Hungary. Thank you. So, so what's the population of Ghanaian students or Ghanaians who aren't students in Hungary? Currently, we have 253 Ghanaian students who are here and studying. And uh, these numbers keep on changing every year because every year, some students graduate and go back home. There are new students that have been admitted. So the number keeps on changing. But currently, 
we have about 253 Ghanaian students here in Hungary, studying at different level of studies from bachelor's, master's and PhD levels. And then you mentioned, I know Nano is at the ELTE, E-L-T-E University. Yes, there are a lot of uh, Hungarian universities which Ghanaian students are studying. We have ELTE, uh, we have Covinos University of Budapest, we have B Budapest Business School, we have um, uh, Hungarian Academy of Life and Agricultural Sciences, we have University of Miskolc, we have University of Zeged, a lot, University of Public Administration and National Service. There are a lot of universities mm. that many students are in. And they're not in all in Budapest. I think you're in Budapest. Is that right, all of you? For us, on this interview, we are all in Budapest, but most of the students are in other cities. Not all of us are in Budapest. Okay, brilliant. So how did the connection with you finding out that there was students in Ukraine that needed help? So yes, the Ghanaian Students Scholars Abroad, we have an organization called the Global Union of Ghanaian Students. And so this global union is in the preliminary stage. We are now trying to form it, but this union brings all student leaders, the president of all the various countries together, which we have the meetings every month. So we know ourselves. The president of the Ghana student in Hungary knows the president in China, in Morocco, in, in Ukraine, in Russia, and all the other countries. So we have this association. So when the issue started coming up, we were monitoring the issues very keenly of what is going on in Ukraine, because we know we have a lot of students, Ghanaian students in Ukraine. And so on the 25th of February, my compatriots, that is the president of Ghanaian students in Ukraine, sent me a voice note that because of the situation, many Ghanaian students in Ukraine are fleeing to the nearby countries. And one of the destinations is Hungary. So he begs me that I should be able to organize so that we'll be able to meet the students who are coming to Ukraine. So it was like a shock to me. Well, all of a sudden, we need to now undertake some diplomatic uh, duties. Mm. And so as you know, this is purely diplomatic assignment. So I have to also confirm from my higher authorities. Uh, Ghana don't have a mission or embassy here in Hungary. Okay. We are under Czech Republic mission. So I quickly called the ambassador, the Ghana ambassador in Prague to find out that this is the what I've heard. And so how do we come in? And he told me, he confirmed that, that it is true that Ghanaian students in Ukraine are fleeing to Hungary, and so I should be able to assist. After that, I also consulted the honorary consul because we don't have a mission, Ghana don't have a mission in Hungary. We have an honorary consul who is a Hungarian. So I also consulted him and asked him about the situation. And he also confirmed that, yes, the Hungarian government has given the order that all Ghanaians and other nationals with passport can enter Hungary. And so we should be on standby to help. So immediately after this, after confirming all these issues, I immediately called an emergency meeting with my executives and informed them what is at hand and with the information I've gotten. And so what I told them was to be on standby because we are expecting Ghanaian students to arrive in Hungary. And so quickly, we made our contact numbers available, especially my contact number was made available on the internet, on social media, everywhere, informing Ghanaian students from Ukraine that if you are coming to Hungary, you can contact me and then you will be provided with assistance. So that's how the whole thing started. And from that Friday night till Sunday, I couldn't ever sleep because oh. there was calls from morning to evening. And I can't reject any other call because it is emergency situation. I need to attend to everyone. I couldn't sleep. Calls were coming and I was trying to give them directions where they should pass, where they should get to, when they get to, what they should do. So the first group of people uh, got to the Zahoni border 
um, Saturday night evening and they called me and luckily we were trying to arrange for buses to go and pick them and luckily I got the news from them that uh, there's a train at the station that they have organized, the Hungarian government has organized for it to bring them to Budapest. So I told them then that is very fine, they should try and get the train and then I'll meet them at the train station and then I can take care of them. So on Saturday afternoon, on the Sunday evening, uh, after, uh, afternoon around 13 CET, the first batch of Ghanaian students arrived in Nugati train station in Budapest. And I, myself, uh, Paul, we were there to meet them and uh, arrange for them to get a place to stay for the meantime. So that's how the whole thing started. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, I had heard that there was about um, 1,500 Ghanaians living in Ukraine. I'm not sure if they were all students or not, but your first batch, how many Ghanaians were you able to support? So on the first day, the first batch that arrived, there were 21 Ghanaians and two Nigerians. And mm -hmm. we couldn't reject anyone just because we are Ghanaians. So we were accepting anybody who were coming to us. So we took all of them to the, we, we talked to the elder of the Church of Pentecost Budapest here to tell them the situation at hand. And so we will need a place to hold them. Here we can give them food, some water and talk to them before we take them to their various uh, temporary accommodation that we find. So in the afternoon, we brought all the 23, 21 Ghanaians and two Nigerians to that Church of Pentecost building and gave them some food, prepare some food and some water for them. And then in the evening, the numbers, three, five other Ghanaians arrived in the, on that same Sunday evening. And then we took them there. So in the evening, we were able to arrange some temporary accommodation and send them there. But the next day, the numbers started skyrocketing. The next day we received about 80 Ghanaians and about uh, 90 other nationals. And then up to today, as I'm speaking with you, we have received 380 Ghanaians and about 800 other nationals, mostly Nigerians. Wow. So we have, yes, yes. We have been able to receive more than 1,000, almost 1,500 uh, students, mostly students. Some are not students, but mostly students. But we accept, we receive everyone. Where we okay. give them food, yes. So some of the people are, maybe they live in Ukraine, they work in Ukraine, but they're Ghanaians. Yes, yes. For that number, it's very difficult for me to tell the exact number of Ghanaians living in, in Ukraine. But um, what I can give account is the number of people that we received here. Okay. And you mentioned um, Nigeria. Where, where are the other people from? What are the nationalities? Oh, okay. Paul, can you take this for me? In Ukraine, most of their um, financial support are from students, education. So there are a lot of Indians, there are a lot of Africans. When I mean Africa, you have Nigerians, you have Ghanaians, you have Ethiopians, you have Cameroonians, Eritreans, Gabonese, a lot of them in Ukraine studying. Mm. So the numbers rose so high in Hungary because those who went to Poland had issues. And because of the leadership that uh, Gabriel and his team were able to provide, they, they knew that we were taking care of them, we were attending to their needs. So many people from Poland decided to rather change short and come to Hungary. So we have received several nationalities. We have Nigerians, we have Ghanaians, we have Indians, we have Ethiopians, we even have Cubans, Ooh. some few Jamaicans, yes, some few Jamaicans who also came around. We have Tunisians, 
and even Ukrainians. As we speak now, we have some Ukrainians waiting on us to support them. Wow. So we have typical, yes, we have typical Ukrainians who came that were fed by us that we decided to provide them with accommodation and some with families. So um, I, I, I should say that in all, we, we've, we've been able to touch lives positively through the exemplary leadership of Mr. Gabriel and, and his team. I was told that you were integral to the actual mission of driving people from the border to the, I guess, the Pentecostal church or to their accommodation. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I... It was just fortunate. I should say that I, I was fortunate to acquire a car and get the EU license. And so it came handy and useful. So I'm, I'm a volunteer by bet. Yeah. And being engineered by the selflessness of Gabriel and his team, I couldn't sit alone and watch. So I just have to hit the road. So from the very first day of the arrival, I was with, with Presdo and we're doing the rounds still today. So... So tell um, me what it felt like the first day that you had to go and receive people. What were you feeling and, and what was their reaction when they saw you? I went to the border and in fact, most of the activities that we engaged in, I, I became angry at the situation. I look at people and I said, these guys are innocent. So in venting my anger, I need to provide the best I could I got to the border and what I saw, human lives at the crossroad of uncertainty. Mm. And you, you can't do much. People had walked several hours to the border and they are frustrated in queues. And the help you can give can't be so much. So I, I in fact, um, with this, I've discussed with President that we should write a book Mm. to document our experience because uh, it's a a great experience I might say being able to see people and being able to provide some form of support to them and we have to always be strong stronger than them because you meet some students who have been traumatized and you need to sort of provide some form of uh, uh, counseling first of all to calm them to give them hope. Let me tell you a story. As at the time they arrived, we were not able to secure accommodation when the numbers had arrived. And when Prezo addressed them and he told them that, look, you are welcome, you are survivors, you have arrived, we'll take care of you, we'll provide you with the needed support. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? We, We are here to secure accommodation. But he gave them hope. And I tapped into that hope and we've been able to transform the whole thing into the glory of mankind. So I should say that humanity has won over this war. This, yeah. These are my, 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 my words. Yeah, that is really inspiring, honestly. Um, and I wanted to touch on what you said to me before, Nana, as well, about your experience of supporting. So for me, I was actually by the words from Gabriel and also the other executives in the group. So we have this WhatsApp group that's for the association. And over there, we talk about issues and also give us some information. So for me, uh, I received my first hand information from the group. And it was like, 
it, 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 I wouldn't say it was compulsory, but it was kind of like obligatory to mankind to help support because Gabriel and the other executives can't do all this work alone. So we, we as members also, also have to help when we have some time to help because we have busy schedules, that's our academics and we have tests coming up, and but we have to make some time to help. So those who are available will just go and pick them from a station and come. But for me, I was I would say that uh, for me, some also contacted me through social media. That was Twitter, because uh, on Twitter I have uh, on my uh, handle I have uh, the Ghanaian flag and also the Hungarian flag over there. There was this student from Sumi, the border is uh, border closer to uh, Russia. So uh, that person contacted me that they are coming to Hungary and the situation and. Uh, are they supposed to go to the Polish or the Hungarian? I was like, if you come to Hungary, we welcome them. So they had to now make their journey from Sumi and I think it took a day or two and just to get to the station in Hungary and I had to inform the association about that. So for that, uh, the following day, I had to uh, come to the temporary residence where it were placed and I had to uh, send them to the church for some further assistance and for them to register. Some also contacted me. I think some have relatives. So some relatives of these people also contacted me and also told me to expect this person coming. Yeah. So uh, for that matter, I had to write a letter to my, my dormitory since my dormitory in Elta do I willing to help. So I had to write a letter and for him to be accommodated. So it's like, for some students were placed in other dormitories because we had to inquire on whether they are going to help or not. So we actually did that and a letter was written to them and they had to, they told us the numbers you're going to take and uh, the association now had to send them to those uh, temporary residents. Yeah. So for me, that has been my experience. And even the time, for me, I don't have much time of my studies but it's like the little time that I have I just go and help when I came here first to Hungary I had some issues uh, because I got severely injured before I came here so I had oh, some issues no. with my arm. and I was I was welcomed from the airport to my residence Gabriel helped me last uh, he, he came to the airport for me and he brought me to my residence and maybe help me with some charges and some fees. So I was like, why shouldn't I, like, why can't I pay this same kindness or generosity to these? Yeah, and it's just humane to do that. So I actually had to help. So I felt it was an obligation to mankind and to the association to help out with this. Yeah. And Absolutely. And and honestly, like we applaud you for the work that you've been doing because we've been watching as the events unfold from the UK and from Ghana. And, you know, it's interesting and it's important to hear on the ground how you've been able to support people because sometimes these stories don't come out. There was something that you said before, Nana, about those people that they might just hear a bomb go and they just pick up yeah. whatever they had Sometimes they just didn't come with anything, did they? And they just came um, to try and get safety. So some of them didn't have their documents. 
And I know that Gabriel, you said that those people that did have documents according to the rules were allowed to come. What about those that didn't? Okay, so um, with that, we were working closely with the em embassies around, especially with Switzerland embassy, and then the Czech Republic embassy. You know, Ukraine is another Switzerland embassy. So any students who did, most of them didn't have the passport, that was a challenge. And so we quickly arranged with the embassy so that anyone who didn't have the passport, we will quickly send the person's details to the embassy. And then quickly they will issue what we call the TC, International Travel Document. And with that, yeah, there was somebody at the border, one of the Ukrainian student executive at the border, who was there to make sure that any Ghanaian student with the TC can enter. So that is how we were able to uh, get all of them through the border to come to Hungary. And as of now, some of them are still using their TCs as their document and it's acceptable now. Yeah. Okay. So one of the other things that we have been hearing is the racism that has meant that, you mentioned about Poland, the racism that has happened and it's affected some people. We heard that there was a couple of Africans that actually froze to death. We've seen the um, footage of how some Africans have been treated. So it's interesting to see how the situation was different at the Hungary border. They were welcomed. There wasn't that sort of sense of division. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. To be honest, in Hungary, we haven't experienced that kind of racism. And I must also add that all this effort that we are talking about at the, at the point where the numbers were increasing so much, it was really based on donations, mostly from the Hungarian people themselves here and from other nationals who were donating to us. Some people, somebody will come, oh, I can accommodate two people in my apartment. Somebody will come, I can accommodate three people. Somebody will come, I have this hostel, I can accommodate it. Some people send them there. So this is how we were able, they will, they will be coming and bringing us food items, rice, bread, drinks. And this is how we were able to cater for them. So initially, the student body were trying to make donations on our own, but when the numbers were increasing, it was beyond us. So it was through Facebook that one of our members posted that we need help then many of the Hungarian citizens themselves were coming to donate to us. So this is how we were able to help so many people as we are giving. So That's here, racism hasn't been a problem. The students are, we haven't received report of racism from the, from the students yet. Mm -hmm. Did some of them say at the Ukrainian border they had problems? Y yes, yes. That we got a report of racism at the borders, at the borders. Yes, we got that report. But in Hungary here, we haven't gotten that. that, that. Okay. Paul, did you want um, to say something? Yeah. Yes, if um, to add to what um, Presdo say with regards to the uh, racial segregation. So when I was at the border, uh, one of the things that we realized was they were separating the Ukrainians from the third country nationals. I meant people of color mm. for documentation and requirement to cross the border. And some people do not really have the documents. And you know, it's natural that a Ukrainian would want to favor his fellow Ukrainian mm -hmm. in the midst of turmoil. So we do not really want to dwell on that because we have had the best of support from the Hungarian people, individuals like the Hungarian individuals, except one or two isolated cases. For instance, we tried to get accommodation on two occasions. First, I, I went to the hostel to book and they told me it's been reserved. So the whole place was fully booked. 
I came out and I tried booking online and I got a place, the same yeah. place. And another one, I caught the Womba because I, I had heard that they were providing free accommodation to people from Ukraine, um, fleeing from Ukraine. I called and they specifically told me they can provide 10 beds for free. And I said, okay, a few minutes later, they called me that they can only give six beds. I said, that's fine. Later, as I was preparing to take the students there, the receptionist called me again and said, the beds are only meant for Ukrainians and people with a Ukrainian passport, no other person. Upon interrogation, he, she said, because some Nigerians and Indians who occupied some of the rooms in the past, it did not keep the place well. So the management had decided to um, deny third country nationals such um, 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 support. And I thought this, this is too petty, but it's uh, uh, the overall support from the Hungarian people has been overwhelming. So yeah. we want to say kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sentiment that I've been getting from speaking to all of you that it's a minority of people that have been racist. You know, there's a massive fundraising effort. People are sending lots of money, some specifically for Africans. So I'm actually surprised you've not been able to tap into that and you've had to use your own resources. Gabriel? Yes, so let me add that um, at a point when we were people were coming in to help, some were also coming in to help as people who will be able to secure accommodations that maybe we can't get free accommodations, but there are ones that we need to pay. So I know some of the, our volunteers who came in to help, who were doing fundraising through GoFundMe and, and other means where they were getting money. And so when we need accommodation, we would tell them, oh, we need accommodation and then they can book some places for us. So this is the means that uh, we were able to get some support through accommodation from other individuals who were raising funds. But these monies had not come to the Ghanaian students specifically, but when the numbers were increasing, that we are getting more other nationals and the numbers are increasing. This is how other people help. So maybe some of this help came from, through that people came from the donations and the fundraisings that we are talking about. So I will not discount the fact that, I will not say nobody, we have not received any support from somewhere because the accommodations and other things, some of them have come through other people, through monies that they used to book places for the students. Okay. Well, let me add to a little yeah. to what Gabriel said. And yeah, over on. here in, in Elte Dormitory, uh, they've done so well in terms of accommodating their, their refugees, both from Ukraine and also African nationals. And there's a case where students had to donate some items. We donated some items and the items have been put to use. And it's like every morning they come around and they just knock on the door and they just give out the items, the refugees. Like, yeah, but I've seen this personally. So every morning, afternoon, they come, do you need this, do you need that? And if you need anything, you can also go there to get any item from them. So I was also happy when we were not just helping Ukrainians, but we were helping the other African nationals who were in, in my dormitory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I just wanted to ask you how the students are doing, the ones that you've been able to rescue. Have some of them gone back to Ghana or their respective countries? Are they still with you? Who can answer that one? All right, so I'll take that one. And so um, some of them in general, some of them have gone to Ghana and, and, and their respective countries. And I'll give details about that. 
some of them have gone to other countries in the EU. I know some of them have moved to Germany, Italy, and other EU countries, and some of them too are still here in Hungary. So the details of that is um, with respect to Ghana, the Ghana government made arrangement that uh, they will make sure they secure tickets for the all other all Ghanaians who are here to go to, to come back to Ghana. And so at a point in time, during the latter part of the first week, there were some officials from the uh, Ghana embassies from in, in Germany and, and Switzerland who were here to facilitate the ticket process. Um, so some of them were able to secure tickets and through that we were able to evacuate 45 Ghanaian students. And I know other nationals too, especially Nigerians who the embassy here in, in Hungary, Nigerian embassy in Hungary, uh, got a chartered flight and moved, moved most of them to to, to to Nigeria. And also most of the students, one key thing I have to highlight is most of the students initially when they were coming had the plans of going back to their respective countries. And when they got here, most of them, their mind changed. And then so going back became a bit hesitant because of the two main reasons. One, the reception that we gave them here was so conducive that they feel they can continue to stay here at, at, uh, peacefully. And so there's no need going back home. Two, most of the universities here in Hungary were promising the student that they can help them transfer their studies from, from Ukraine and continue their studies here in Hungary. So most of them wanted to stay back and see how this whole process was going to be. And so these are the main reasons why most of them are still here in, in Hungary and, 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 and few of them can, can, are in Ghana right now. So that is the situation. And um, let me add that those who are in Hungary, we continue to support them. Those who have come to us, there's accommodation that is still there. And then they are, they are residing in these accommodations. They can come to the center where we hold them, the PRWC chairs to come for sandwiches and food and other items and pick other uh, personal care products. And then we saw at times too, through the help of Paul, we are able to send food items to their various dormitories and, and that things that they need. So anything that they need, they may request to us. And if it's available, we send it to them at their respective places. Uh, and let me just quickly add um, some details to what President has said. So currently we have with us about 425 Ghanaians still in Hungary in various um, hostels and some living with individuals. Like President stated clearly, two main reasons. Some of these students are in their final year. They have just a couple of months to graduate. Mm. Some just began their studies from somewhere in September. So they've done just a semester. Some do not know what future will be ahead of them should they go home. So when the investors started coming out with messages of the possibility of transfer, it was just the best way to exploit that. Yeah. But as we speak now, you are in the UK. The UK government has made provisions for Ukrainians. Yeah. All other countries have made provisions for Ukrainians. No country has made provision for our brothers and sisters from Africa. No government. Yeah. All they make is promises, 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 promises. And I think that Akadi should take this up, that we cannot leave our younger brothers and sisters in desolate. They are, most of them are medical doctors. If we cannot save them, 
how then do we hope that in future they'll save our lives? So we should be able to invest in them. Then we can what? Explore that investment. We cannot leverage what we have invested in them. So the students here have been asked to go home. Very well, it would have been the best idea that they should go home, but we are facing challenges. Even the universities that are willing to admit them on transfer basis, the Ukrainian universities are posting difficulties. They are not able to give them their transcripts. They do not want to give them their certificates. In fact, most universities have the original certificates of students and they do not want to give them these documents because they said their relationship has not been terminated. So they should start their, their, their studies online. Uh, but online, yes, most of the students' the schools in Ukraine have started online, but they need to have the, the legal residency if they want to live in Europe to continue their online classes. So we are calling on all well many individuals. The EU must have a rethink about this. The EU cannot bundle all the students and say, go home. Whilst you make provisions for the Ukrainians, people have lost their investments there in Ukraine. So the UK government must be seen to be proactive enough towards our brothers and sisters. They must make the same opportunities available for these kids to benefit from. So this, this, these are my, my final uh, words with regards to, to this. Nana, did you want to add something related to this? For me, in case any students uh, listen to this podcast, or I'll just tell them to, not to lose hope and maybe they, all these like issues or all these problems is a start of a greater thing like in their lives. So they should... Uh, they, they should not lose hope and they should always uh, look forward to see the lights at the end of the tunnel and their best is yet to come. Yeah, and I want to concur on that. I mean, you've all shown how much you have supported and, and gone out of your way and used your own money, your own resources and, and sort of reacted proactively as soon as you saw that there was problems. So I think you will make really good points about how we continue to support them, even though they're out of immediate danger. And to add to that, those who have gone home, what we need to come out with a resettlement plan, because if they are joining the, the lectures online, they will need to be supported logistically with data, with internet. Some have even lost their laptops. As we speak now, some of them do not really even know what they want to do. So if they go home, the government, the various governments must be seen in providing some sort of counseling and and trying to to redirect their minds towards all positivity, like Nana Kwesi said. So we want to to, to plead with the telcos, the telecommunication companies across wherever the, the students will be to make available some support with, with, with like data, with internet, with maybe laptops and, and other um, textbooks to, to these students as, as they return. Because I don't think a student who is fleeing away from war 
would want to take his or her medical books. So these are things that we need to figure out. We don't want to just solely rely on governments because if we do that, we may not be able to achieve results. So we want to, to awake the conscience of individuals, well many individuals to come on board, identify these kids and support them the best way they can support them so that their future will not be truncated. Thank okay. you. So, so how can we help you? So now, uh, the first immediate help that we will, we will be appreciative now is we, the Ghanaian students body here, we still have students that we are taking care of here in Hungary. We still, some of them, as Paul said, some of them are still in, uh, in Hungary. They don't know the next action that they are going to take. And so we can't leave them. We still have to provide them with support, accommodation, feeding, and some of them even attend to ask for personal expenses because some of them maybe they have run out of money. There's mm-hmm. no money being sent home and they come to us and we can't turn them away. We need to support them in any way that we can. So um, in the short term, these are we will need financial support to continue providing accommodation, feeding and living some kind of living expenses in some of these students. The long-term uh, help that we will need or the medium-term help that we need is what Paul rightly uh, emphasized, that we will need governments, other nationals to make a concrete decision on helping all other nationals, not only Ukraine nationals. So this is the help that we appreciate. How can we get the voice out there and make sure that other nationals are also helped, giving them residence permits at least for one year so that they can make their concrete decisions and know what they to do next. As I'm speaking with you now, most of the students who are still here only have one month residence. And this one month residence is going to expand the next week. We don't know what holds for them in the coming weeks. Either the police is going to start chasing them or what. But they can also go back home because there are a lot of problems that they are not able to figure out how to solve them when they get back home. And so they should be given at least little time to renew at least three months or six months will be ideal for them to make concrete decisions. And these are people with a very valuable academic background. Most of them are medicine uh, students. And so Mm. they are not people that we can just let them be on the street or chase them away from the country. Mm. So this is the uh, medium-term hub that we will need voices to be added on to get it heard out there. Uh, The the whole thing is about the EU because most of these students are in the EU. How do we make the issue come to the public that it is not only Ukrainian students or Ukrainian people who need help to stay temporary in these countries? But other nationals also need this help that is being provided or offered to the Ukrainian citizens. Mm. Because the EU has made it clear that third country national students must go back home. This is what they've said. And I really think that this is something which is immediately it will affect a lot of students and they'll have to be chased away because we need to give them some time. So what is being offered to the other nationals will also be considered, the third country national students should also be considered. So letting our voices be heard through our writings, through our, our, our programs that we host, radios, stations, TV. We should add our voice to this and then the authorities can be heard of. Mm, okay. And, and lastly, I'm interested to find out how this situation, what's happening in Ukraine now, how that's changed your view and perspective on humanity and even you living in Hungary. Like, do you feel safe? So uh, for me, I would say that I was back home or have been in Ghana for some years, of course, almost about 98% of my life. And it's like, 
every single time when I see these wars on TV, international news and other platforms, uh, I was just more like a spectator. And I was always like watching the movie and it's like, because we probably have such situations in, uh, in Ghana, but some other African countries were about not in Ghana. And once I'm here in Hungary and even the war is not in Hungary, but it's in Ukraine. So me being involved in even helping these refugees uh, uh, in terms of uh, their settlement and in terms of the food item, like helping with uh, uh, as a team member in Gash, uh, it gives me this, I don't know, it's like, it tells me that it can happen to everyone. And it's also, I, I wouldn't say I'm not safe, but some calls I get from home, I get from family, I get from uh, some family even abroad in the US and even in Ghana. It's like they, they've made me question that, what if this war expands or extends to, to the EU countries? Because uh, this country, Hungary, is, is part of the EU. And what if now the war uh, extends to EU countries or countries who are in NATO? And who am I going to go to if this war comes? Because Hungary is just a border from Ukraine and I think one country from Russia. So what if like, this happens? What am I going to do? Am I going to flee to Germany? Am I going to flee to... So it's like, it's got me questioning what, <laughs> what if anything happens, I'm going to do. Mm. So, so it's like, it's kind of like, like, like I don't know, it's, it's kind of like thoughts running through my head. Sometimes I think about that. Sometimes I don't think about that. I just let it lie. So it's, it's, it gives me like some mixed feelings on what will happen or what's yet to happen and what's going to happen. So it's that, it's that. So that's all I can describe for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can understand that. What about you, Paul? Um, thank you very much. Um, this is a, a question that uh, requires um, sober reflection. Mm. Where I come from in Ghana, we've seen war, um, severity of war, and I mean in terms of hunger and poverty. That war, we could try to fight it in our own way. But a war where bombs, where properties are being destroyed, where investments, where lives are being lost, the burden of it, it's, 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 I can't even describe it. When you see these students, how some of them have been traumatized, young, as young as 18 years, 19 years, and they could see properties be, like the, the bomb just goes out, boom. And they try to speak to you. You would want to put yourself in their shoes. Mm. We've seen how even when they got here, how they are struggling to survive. I tell you what, in the coming days, we are going to experience the economic repercussions of this war. Because in Hungary, Hungary, we get our gas from Russia about 80 to 90 percent, mm. and most homes are heated through the gas. So, we are going to feel the, the, the hardship within maybe in the coming weeks. This is where we need to drive the minds of everybody that 
You may be in London, you may be in the US, and you may think that you are far from this, but everyone is going to experience this. Everyone is going to have a share of it. So this is why we are trying to make these proposals of solutions. We've seen it and it's devastating. You can't even describe it. These guys are looking so miserable, so pitiful and helpless. So Akadi, I, I, I can't quantify in terms of description what to say about the devastating effect of, of, of this war on mm. human lives and on, on, on properties. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. That is really sobering. Um, so as a student president here in Hungary, I've actually tasked some of my executives and I myself, we are monitoring the situation very, very closely. What is going on in, in, in Ukraine right now? Because we are just a border away from Ukraine and anything that happens can affect us. Any form of escalation is coming to Hungary. So we are monitoring the situation very well and being in contact with our embassy to make sure that if the unfortunate things happen, Ghanaian students and other nations here will be safe. We can we know the measures that we can put in place to make sure that our people are safe. So we are monitoring the situation very well because we are not in a comfortable situation until the war has finally come to an end. What I want to add is um, the situation that we have just experienced here as a student leader brings something to the fore that our various government back home should now begin to take students' bodies, students' unions in the diaspora very, very seriously. I tell you, Akadi, if it wasn't for the student union or student body in these countries, especially Ukraine and Hungary here, who has been much involved in this whole society, it was going to be a mess for our dear students, brothers and sisters from Ukraine coming. Mm. One, in Hungary, there is no ambassador here. There's the only honorary consul. So when I called our honorary consul, he told me he's in quarantine in, in Dubai. Mm. And so he's not in Hungary. And so I should try and find ways of handling the situation. So the point I'm trying to make is, if it wasn't for the student leaders here in Hungary, who handled the situation at the heat of the moment? Our brothers and sisters coming from Ukraine will have not known what to do at that time. Absolutely. And so our various governments have to take student union very seriously. There are sometimes there's a problem, you will send letters, you will send emails to these uh, our embassies, to our foreign affairs ministries in Ghana, and you will not get a reply from anyone as if you don't matter, as if what you are doing, you just want to do something and you are doing, nobody cares about what you are doing. But this situation has taught us that student unions and student body are very, very important and they must be taken very, very seriously. So this is the one point that I want to emphasize to get it out there, to get our various governments to be aware of student unions as a major stakeholders when it's come to our nationals in the diaspora. Thank you very much. Thank you very much too. And thank you to everyone, to all of you, Nana Kwesi, Paul for, and Gabriel for your contributions my last point that i want to say is if people are listening to this and they want to donate how can they do it okay so the student union have a financial secretary who receive donations on behalf of the student union and then we are monitoring everything that is coming in and whatever comes in we use it to, to support the students that are here anybody would like to send a donation 
uh, on PayPal or Revolut, the person can use this contact details, plus three six two zero three five two one zero five six. The name is Patterson Ajay. P A T T E R S O N Ajay. A D J E I. Okay, A D J E I. Yes. Okay. Thank you so so much all of you we wish you all the best in continuing to support them because i still think there are some people who still need help in ukraine um so as as much as we can support you we will continue to do that thanks for listening to this academy magazine podcast in part two of this series we speak directly to some of the ghanaians who were studying in ukraine when the war started but thanks to the ghana students association in hungary were able to reach safety across the border. To read more pieces about Ghana and Ghanaians, visit Akadi Magazine, A-K-A-D-I magazine.com. Thank you. The music in this piece is exclusively recorded for Miss B Writes in Akadi Magazine and is called Infitiasi, meaning Genesis in Akan. It is composed by percussionist Eric Uwusu, a.k.a. King Uwusu, in collaboration with producer Nia Tom Sabag. <laughs>